What's the difference between masters, copyrights, and publishing rights? What if an artist wants to audit their record companies? How do artists and record labels benefit each other? How do they know that that relationship is worth it? You're up, you're ready, and you're listening to the Britney Mac Podcast. Everyone has a story. Applying them to Inspire the World Weekly on Motivation Mondays. Here's your host, Brittany Mack. What is the name of your record label? Yeah, so it's uh, actually I'm, I'm a co-owner of it. Uh, but the record label is called Valid Visual Entertainment. It's actually a record label and a uh, a, uh, entertainment group overall. So we do like films, we do movies, and we also have a record label there. Uh, we have a few artists that are signed to it, but Valid Visual Entertainment is the name. That's what's up. I saw your video <laughs> when mm-hmm. you were talking about things record labels don't want you to know, and I saw one of your artists on your video. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's actually uh, funny enough, that's the co owner of it. Uh, his name is. Uh, TJ, but he goes by T. Lee. It's actually my brother, too. Um, so he's a um, funny story behind him. is uh, He's actually the original person that, that started the record label. And I kind of jumped on, you know, a few uh, after things kind of started to pick up and we really pushed things out. So we had a few artists that were, um, you know, that we got um, signed or not necessarily signed, but they're signed to us. And then they had, they had a lot of exposure. Uh, we had guys that were on uh, Rhythm and Flow, if you're familiar with the Netflix, uh, with Cardi B and Chance the Rapper and all those people. We had one of our artists on there. And, um, so, yeah, you know, it's, a, it's an interesting business, the record label, uh, just industry, just in general. Oh, my gosh, that show was so good. I know um, D-Smoke ended up winning the one that they had out. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, it's uh, the the guy. Actually, funny enough, I think I saw him on the, on a movie. That I can't remember which one it was, but he has a, a decent acting career, and now and and he also makes music. I'm not sure how he's doing from a music standpoint, but uh, it seems like the deal was worth it because I'm seeing him across the, the board there. So now, what a whole our guy uh, went a little bit further than than he um, could have. He got cut. I think it was the second round uh, in the L.A when everybody was in L.A., but it is what it is. (laughs) Yeah, it was a lot of good people on there, a lot of tough competition. So the fact that he made it on there says a lot. Yep, yep, absolutely. I mean, it was a pretty cool experience. You know, we got a chance to go. You can even actually see me on the Netflix uh, documentary there, but it was a a pretty cool experience um, of being able to see it, you know, filmed with all the cameras and all the good stuff and being behind the stage and seeing Chance and I think at the time it was like Royce Five Nine and, and uh, Twister was also there too. So it was pretty cool just just being able to see those type of things there. That's what's up. Do y'all get any advice, any feedback from the judges? Yeah, so especially the, in the Chicago trials, it was all it was all positive because that was the one he got uh, pushed forward to. Um, but you know, on the second one, his feedback, I think it was just the energy. And I think you know our guy was a little bit nervous too, so. That was the reason why he didn't really get a, a lot of exposure. Um, but he just didn't bring that same energy. I think it was because he was, it was his first time away from, from Chicago, honestly. And um, what is his name again? So so that artist is named G-Mumba. So that was G-M-A-M-B-A, G-Mumba. 
I'm gonna make sure I look him up and refresh my memory on him and try to follow his journey. Yeah, yeah, definitely give him a, give him a, give him a try. He actually parted ways from the record label, but you know I always shout everybody out. Um, you know we actually have a, a, a two things that you can follow up with if you want to. Is first thing we have uh, to watch the full journey. It's pretty cool. We had a documentary that we did on YouTube, and it's called uh, Valid under our under our actual YouTube page. The Valor Visual Entertainment. It has the full documentary of us going through Atlanta to California and Chicago, and we're really just like showing you what it takes in order to be a record label to have like these young artists, and just to kind of show that that what that experience is like. And then this finals finals up, and we ended with just kind of the project that we released called the Validation Tape. So it was definitely something to uh, to check out for sure. Can you tell the audience what exactly a record label is? Yeah. So uh, essentially a record label, I I tell people this all the time. A record label is essentially, it's it's a few different ways. It used to be kind of like a bank, right? So a record label was uh, the representation that represented the the artist. And what a record label would do is they would give them a cash advance, essentially. And after you're given the record label that cash advance, you know, is the record label is responsible for essentially kind of representing the artist in a variety of different ways, whether that's distribution of pushing out back in the days when there are CDs. Now, you know, everything's digital, but the record label will handle distribution. Uh, the record label provides a place for you to actually record. Um, so they, they give you those things like studios. But these days, you know, people can record from their own home. So um, that's just some of the things that the record label does. And um, it even it just depends. Like certain certain record labels are really involved where they're managing the tours and they're they're doing everything on three sixty deals. And or some people just will have a record label just for um, you know distribution, meaning that they just want to use their resources to get their name out there and then distribute their music. And I heard you mention in advance. And I also heard you mention something about a three sixty deal. But first, I want to ask you, what is in advance? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, uh, an advance, a cash advance, a lot of people don't understand that. So this is something that I used to, I tell a lot of our artists what the cash advance is up front, but a lot of record labels usually don't go into that detail. Essentially the bank, or we're just giving you money like a bank would, right? So we're we're telling you that, hey, we're going to give you a sign on bonus in a, in a form of an advance. So that might be $100,000 or $500,000. But with that, you usually artists are supposed to have a team and their own representation. So with that money, they're supposed to, you know, allocate that money towards, you know, creating their, you know, their, their, their project or whatever that project is, you know, tours and a variety of different things. Um, but the, the, the issue is sometimes artists don't quite know what that cash advance is for. So they'll go and buy things like houses and cars because it's a, a, a decent amount of money, you know, and then that's why you hear, a lot of artists saying that they don't, you know, the record label owns them or these type of mm-hmm. things because they don't quite know that they spent all of their money uh, in the form. It was just a loan that you got. It wasn't actually like your upfront money that was yours. So you have to pay that back. Exactly. And and you don't necessarily have to pay it back because the record label, what it is, is that because we're helping you distribute your music um, and we're helping you with the creation and all of these things, you know, with the sales and the streams that you get, you know, we get a we get that proportion. So we're pretty much recouping our investment 
and you uh, and then a little bit a little bit more depending on the deal. But that's how you pay your record label back. So for any artist, you know, that's kind of listening, uh, artists should know that you know once you, you make sure you know your deal and make sure you know exactly what you need to pay your record label back because after that is all profit, you know, for the for the artist. And what is a three sixty deal? Explain that for us. Yeah, so a 360 deal is so traditional record label deals. Like I said, it, it kind of depends. You can be a person like Chance the Rapper, where he's solely independent and he uh, he he doesn't use. Um, I, I believe he only use. He has just like a distribution deal, right? So he doesn't have a record label deal. Um, he just uses record labels for distribution. Then you can have you know your traditional record labels, where like I mentioned before, um, this is where a lot of our artists have, where we they use us for distribution. And also other things too, you know, like um, them being able to record in our, our areas. We provide them. We pay for that. We pay for the marketing. We pay for a lot of the things in order to get their album out, uh, as well as creation of their project. But the 360 deal, the difference is, is that usually where artists make most of their money is in the field of, of touring. So usually, traditionally, record labels had no say so in when an artist goes on a tour. That's all their money. That's all the artist's money typically. But these days, there's a 360 deal where a lot of artists will sign with the record labels pretty much involved in everything. So whether that person's going on a tour, whatever that person makes when they're selling like T-shirts at the tour, we call that merchandising and things like that. You know, all of this money is, uh, the record label gets a, a portion of it, essentially. So pretty much 360, everything that, involves the artist, the record label gets a piece of it also too. And what do artists own after they sign to a record label? So, and that, that also depends too, right? So, you know, you artists typically, you know, they have the rights of the, their, their mass. So publishing is one. So publishing uh, is one of, of being able to create. And then they have also royalties that they're also paid out on, um, you know, the albums. Uh, traditionally, you hear a lot of artists talking about masters, right? So, mm-hmm. who owns their masters? I think that that's the biggest thing that artists should really understand of what's most important to our own is your masters, because of the fact that you know if an artist makes a song, but the record label technically owns the masters, that means that the the artist might get a percentage of what that song makes, but ultimately, the ownership of that song could be the record labels. So, and why that's important is because, you know, say we make a hit and 10 years later, you know, it gets placed in a movie. Well, the artist will get a portion of that, but the person who has ownership of that song ultimately gets the the majority of that, that piece there. So people should always understand who owns their masters, that master copy of that song. How could you own your masters if someone else owned them? Or, like, is that possible? Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's a few different ways. So, um, you know, if you already signed it to a, to a record label, you essentially just have to, you have to buy it back. Um, and that could be very, very expensive. You know, you, can, you, you hear these people like, uh, it's a lot of artists that you'll hear that are selling their, their masters and selling the ownership of their music in the form of what's called a catalog, meaning all of their music that they own is in a catalog and they sell it. So there can be millions, if not uh, billions of dollars, depending on the artist. Like, for example, Michael Jackson, I'm sure his full catalog is, is well over a billion dollars. So, you know, that's something that you definitely want to make sure that you know exactly 
you know, how much the masters are worth if you are signed to a record label. But if you're not signed to a record label, that's just something that you need to make sure that you are verbalized, you, you verbalize early. And you also should have some sort of representation uh, in the form of an entertainment lawyer that writes up in those contracts that you own your masters 100%. What's the difference between masters, copyrights, and publishing rights? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's now that's definitely our legal team that <laughs> will probably have to give you the, the the all of the details and like the verbal, you know, exactly the the layout of all of those things. But essentially, like I said, you know, the master. Just think of the master as like if I made song called ABC, and song ABC was made and and resold to multiple different places and and shows and done, done many different things. The master is the, the master version. So it's, think about the back in the day when we had a bunch of CDs and you know how you would burn a CD and it's a bunch of different ones. Well, the first one is the master. And that one is the official, whoever owns that has the official rights to that music. Uh, so that's the master. Publishing kind of goes back into, you know, when you, when you, when you write, uh, artists have artists. They typically have the rights towards like when they create the music. So you'll even hear producers having a percentage of your publishing, you know, um, of of being able to create the music. So anyone that has some sort of creation in the music typically gets a percentage of the publishing of the music as well. I know you talked about contracts and um, being able to uh, have like an entertainment lawyer. What if an artist wants to audit their record companies? Like how do they go about audits, the audit uh, proposition, artist audit rights and things like that? That's a good one. That's a good one. So I actually just saw, I think I saw uh, a video of somebody explaining, it was an actual artist that was explaining, um, you know, being able to audit. But essentially what you just have to do is you need to hire some, so someone to represent you. Um, a lot of people, they have trust in their record label. And if you if you run your record label well, you know, that's fine. You should have trust in your record label. But some artists, um, they actually hire an, an additional source of representation. So like a legal team or financial advisors, and they'll, they'll audit the record label. Um, which the record label, as a record label, they have to give you the rights to, to, to do those, and they have to give you that information. Uh, so that's just essentially just finding the right representation and making sure that, you know, that legal team is going to audit to make sure that you are uh, paid out exactly what you're supposed to get paid um, and making sure that, you know, you aren't overcharged and the record label doesn't really owe you money. And can the record label audit the artist as well? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, Usually, um, you usually don't see record labels necessarily auditing the artist, but the record label always keeps a tab on what's being owed. So that's another thing that people don't understand is that, you know, like I mentioned in the beginning, you know, the, the interview is you know, nothing's free, right? So even like the cash advance, the record label, depending on your deal, like they, we're, we're charging you and depending, like with us, we don't charge our artists to record, and you know, that's something that we do because that's part of the creation process. So we're, we're a very non-traditional record label. Like we, we're, we're artists first. We're for our artists. So a lot of the things that I'm explaining, we don't necessarily do. Um, but you know, that's that's something that you know you don't see a lot of record labels necessarily auditing uh, artists, but they are keeping a running tab of what is owed and 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 how much um, the artist needs to pay back. How can a record label 
build a solid reputation so that they're really trustworthy? That's a great question. That's a really good question. You know, honestly, it's just like anything, right? It's just being, I, I always say being transparent and open to open communication, right? One of the things that, that we always do is, you know, I, I let my artists, because, you know, a lot of times when you sign an artist, they're usually young. You know, these are young young men, young women that don't really know too much about the, the legalities of things and, and such. So, um, you know, one of the things I do is just, just pretty much just we're, we're open and transparent. How does the money work? This is the splits. This is what we get. These are the things you're going to do. And we even ask questions. What do you need help with? You know, do you want a 360 deal? Do you want this? Do you want representation? This is what comes with it. I think traditionally or back in the day, record labels were so like, we didn't have the internet and a lot of people didn't have access to just information. So a lot of times record labels could really just do what they wanted, to be honest, <laughs> and, and get away with it because the artists never really understood. But these days, you know, you have so much information is that, you know, Artists these days, they, they have so many sources that they usually come to us to tell us what they need, and that's how we help them out. Kind of like a Shark Tank, where they kind of tell the sharks what they're looking yep. for. Okay. <laughs> exactly. That exactly. Makes, that makes a lot of sense. How can record labels really just separate themselves from the fake record labels? Like, how, how can they show that they're the real ones when it's it's fake ones out there. How can people recognize the real from the fake? Yeah, you know, I think it always, you know, just goes back to, to people, right? It's, I always say I, I have a pretty good uh, judge of character of people, and most people usually do. You know, just have that conversation with them. You never want to sign anything without doing your homework. Um, you never want to accept anything without doing your homework. And, and really, it's just all about communication and being transparent. You know, does it, does it seem like these people are out to get me? Are they trying to get me under some type of crazy deal are they pushy are they you know does it does it sound too good to be true and again like i said you know i recommend everybody get some sort of um uh, legal representation before they make any decision um that's going to cause like a long-term decision as far as their career is concerned awesome advice <laughs> that's some yep. awesome advice and you know sometimes we can really look over things like that and yeah, I, I couldn't have asked for <laughs> better advice than that. How do <laughs> yep, um, how do record labels choose artists? What do they look for in artists? Yeah, you know, so the biggest thing these days is, and it's, and it's so true, it's like we are looking at one, I, well, I'll tell you my process is I, I'm taking a look and I want to see, you know, the, the artist, right? First thing is do you have talent, right? And, and that's, that's, that's the gimme. Do you have talent? Are you distinctive? Is your talent distinctive than, you know, the person that's making uh, a video that's similar? How could, but the, the thing that I really look at too is, is how committed are you, right? These days, artists are able to really just promote themselves. So how much are you posting on a day-to-day basis? Are you posting once a day, twice a day, five times a day? Are you on live, Facebook live, Instagram? Um, uh, Snapchat? Like, what, like how much are you self-promoting yourself? Because if I give you you know, $100,000, $200,000 to a million dollars, I want to know that you're going to be able to actually do what you're supposed to do and you're taking your seri- your, your career seriously. So these are some of the things that, that I look at. And then also too, you know, uh, and it's, it's even kind of the same thing, but just work ethic uh, in, in your character, right? That's a, a huge, because, you know, having fame is something that is, is it's hard to handle. 
So, you know, the moment that people start seeing you, the moment that people start noticing you, are you going to change? You know, are you going to switch it up and, and, you know, turn into a, a diva, right? It's like, so these are all the things that I look at to see, you know, how does this person handle themselves and, and, and what would they do if they had the opportunity to, to be what they dream of being. How do artists and record labels benefit each other? How do they know that that relationship is worthy? Like they can both benefit from their connection. You said artists and the, the record labels? Right. Yeah. So uh, how can they benefit from each other? I mean, you know, it, it always should be a mutualistic relationship. So the, the artist is, you know, they're the creators, right? So they're the people that they, what they need from the record labels is, it, it varies. So it could be just the distribution. It could be, you know, uh, access to our, our marketing. It could be, they need the money behind it. They can need everything. Right. So that's essentially how the artist benefits from the record label. And the same thing, how the record label benefits from the artist is it goes back to, you know, are you doing what you're doing? You know, we've had situations where, you know, our artists for some odd reason, once they get signed to the record label, they forget that they're artists. Right. So <laughs> we have to, you know, remind them, Hey, we need, a, you have three that we got to release in the next few years. If, you haven't been to the studio in, you know, a few weeks. What's going on? You know, so it's, it's a variety of different things. But as long as the artist is focused on creation and pushing out their work, uh, the record label should be also focused on being able to turn them into who they uh, dream of being. Say if it, you have five artists, right? And only two of the artists are really blowing up, but the other three aren't blowing up as much. How do you turn a profit? How do you work through those type of situations? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So the way that we essentially turn a profit is it, it, it's based off of the music. You know, that's always first and foremost. Um, so, you know, if an artist releases a song, it's a number one. So I have, like you mentioned, you have five artists. Say just one of those artists is a number one streaming artist on all platforms. Well, we're making a percentage of our money, ultimately, really majority of our money is coming from those streams, depending on the type of deal. If it's into those like 360 deals, then okay, we're really going to be focused on also pushing out and making sure we have a tour um, that's going to be out there because, you know, we get money from ticket sales, we get money from VIP, we get money from, artists also get money from appearances, so that's kind of their own personal thing. But again, if it's 360, you know, that would be something that we get a, a portion of as well. Um, you know, but really the record sales and the streams these days uh, is really where the artist is going to, or the record label is going to make their money from. Uh, now, vice versa to the question, if we have a person that say, um, you know, they have three or four artists that aren't necessarily doing it, well, we're going to focus our marketing and we're going to focus sort of our, our attention on the artist that's really making a lot of that profit for us right now. So that, you know, cause it's a business, so we have to keep the lights on, but, we are also focused on development of those three to four artists as well that may not be doing so well. We're going to focus on developing them and getting them ready uh, for when it's their time. Awesome question. <laughs> You're doing mm -hmm. so good. I'm learning so much from you. <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. So how do an artist know whether or not they should sign to a record label? Because I know it's a lot of information out there. Some people say, oh, don't sign to a record label. Um, mm -hmm. They're going to own you when it's like, if you do good, you really. Yep. <laughs> but so yeah, yep. how do they know whether or not like they are the specific person they should sign or not? 
you know, I honestly, I think, you know, the record label situation is just like, or choosing a record label is, is essentially like, it's like dating, right? Like you, you, you don't want to make the decision right away. You want to uh, make sure that you know who the person is before you ultimately make that decision to, to sign that contract with them. Right. So, you know, it's no different when it, when it comes to choosing your record label. Um, with with that record label, you gotta you gotta know what you want out of this thing, and can they produce that? And then also, not only are they saying that they're producing it, but what's their plan? Are they presenting you with the plan? How what's the, the what's the how to how they're going to go about doing it? And uh, you know, based on that decision, it's, it's also a little bit of faith and, and and having a feeling too. You know, and, you know, if you feel like this person is the right person, or uh, then then there you go. You know, that's how you make that decision, obviously. What is a key man, Klaus? Yeah, so you know, I, I almost wish that uh, the T, TJ would have been a part of that, or also too, my legal team would have had a little portion there. So <laughs> that one, I'll probably have to follow up with you just to, to double check to see how we define it. Um, so I'll, I'll get back to you on that one. What is a release commitment? Yeah, so that's just essentially saying that we are going to release the artist from the initial commitment that they made to the contract. So for example, if an artist says, you know, I'm, I'm sick of this, uh, you guys aren't doing what you're supposed to do. I want to release. We're going to go ahead and release the artist. But again, it kind of goes back and this is why it's always important to, to know what you owe is because if you want to be released, we, 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 we are obligated to release you, but we also are obligated to, to, collect whatever is old at the, that particular time. So, you know, if you have an album out that's the number one streaming album and say you want to release during that album being the number one streaming album and we've just spent, you know, three to four million dollars on a, um, you know, a, a budget for marketing and promotion, then, you know, we, we, we have to collect that money first before we're able to go ahead and release you from the record label. So, these are all things, and that's just in general. That's like with sports, and that's all entertainment artists. Uh, that's that's with you know movies, a variety of different things there. So, other than having a record label, you are a busy man. I know one thing. The first thing I thought about you when I saw you was I was like, this man knows how to make money. <laughs> <laughs> like you have an impressive bio. You are a real estate investor, business coach, tech executive, record label owner, um, entrepreneur, yeah. <laughs> and much more. I know you have a podcast as well. Mm-hmm. And on TikTok, you have a TikTok and you have a video that has over 1.4 million views. Yep. <laughs> talking about how to pay off a 30 year mortgage in only 15 years. Yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely, yeah, and, and a few more videos on there, um, you know, with, with several on there, but, you know, ultimately, mo- the most important thing is that I've learned in, in my years is just kind of ownership, having ownership is most important, so, and, 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 and leaving your legacy, I'm really big on that too, right, um, I have this, this childlike mentality about me where, you know, I always say that for some odd reason, when, when you're adults, you for some reason, we it's like a lot of adults forget to, to, to learn how to dream. And, you know, when you were a kid, you used to want to do this and want to do this and want to do this. And when you get older, you know, you, you, you support where most people seem like they get a lot more tired and they just want to do one thing. And for some reason, that just never happened with me. I just always felt like I can do anything I put my mind to, you know, as long as I have God on my side. So I, I've always been that way. And, and that's kind of the reason 
um, from my success of what I've been been able to uh, experience so far. Right. And you're very successful. I'm so proud of all of your accomplishments. And I know a part of that success, I saw one of your videos on TikTok that talked about the psychology of money. Can you teach us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, it's just a few different things, you know, when it comes to, to money and understanding like the psychology behind it. Uh, I would say there's a few things uh, in regards to that that, you know, really you should focus on is that money is a mentality. Making money is a mentality, right? So um, what you think usually based off of your, your attitude, uh, you have to be in a positive mindset. You always have to think positive and positive things will happen. That same thing goes with money. You know, when you're thinking in lack, when you're thinking, I can't, you're using words like I can't pay things. I don't have the money. I, I don't know how. And that's exactly what you're going to manifest those things into your life. But when you start changing your, your psyche and you start changing your wordage, you start changing your mentality, your internal, you know, external is going to, to replicate that, right? So when you change those, I can't to um, I'm finding out or I'm learning how or saying things, more, more positive things, you know, you're telling your psychological self, you're telling your psyche that, you know, you are and you can't, you are capable of doing it. And that's one thing I believe everybody is we're all capable of. We just need to learn and take the time to do so. And it might take a little bit of time, but, you know, never give up. Right. Oh, my gosh. We could not have ended on a better note. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you did Perfect. so amazing. And this season is all about gratitude and making sure we put out the, those positive thoughts and thank the universe for everything. And having a great mindset so yes you were just perfect <laughs> <laughs> well appreciate it appreciate it so much hey, i appreciate you for having me you know uh, for the followers if they want to follow me i'm sure you'll shout me out on on the tiktok that seems to be the biggest uh growing platform but you know we have a, a few different other uh, youtube pages i have a personal youtube page called mastering your master your kingdom um the podcast is also master your kingdom um, and then also just a social media. I'm sure you'll drop all of that information in there. But I appreciate you for having me for sure. My pleasure for having you here.